Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As the team leader of our Special Forces or Navy SEAL unit, I had faced numerous life-threatening missions throughout my career. One such mission happened in Amazon rainforest in Peru. The mission was clear, we had to rescue a group of scientists held captive by a notorious paramilitary group that dabbled in the drug trade. Note, I was an occasional hiker in the Arizona wilderness, but navigating the Amazon was a whole different ballgame. My team consisted of battle-hardened soldiers I had ever had the privilege to lead. 
Together, we embarked on a perilous journey deep into the green abyss of the rainforest. Our primary objective was to locate the camp where the scientists were being held, eliminate any terrorists guarding them, and ensure the safe extraction of the abducted scientists. The rainforest was relentless, and every step felt like a battle against the relentless elements. The suffocating humidity, the constant buzz of insects, and the deafening chorus of unseen creatures in the dense undergrowth added to the tension. We moved silently, our senses sharpened, knowing that the enemy could be lurking anywhere. One fateful evening, as we closed in on what we believed to be the enemy camp, we heard a strange, eerie sound that sent shivers down our spines. It was unlike anything any of us had ever heard before. It was a guttural, otherworldly noise that resonated deep within the rainforest. I signaled my team to halt and take cover, unsure of what we were dealing with. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a creature like no other emerged from the shadows. It was an abomination, a nightmarish amalgamation of something out of a sci-fi movie. Its grotesque features bore a striking resemblance to the Predator from the film Alien vs. Predator. Its elongated head was adorned with menacing, bioluminescent appendages that cast an eerie green glow on the forest floor. Its skin was covered in a mosaic of chitinous scales, and it moved with uncanny agility and speed. The creature attacked us with ferocity and precision, catching us off guard. We fought back with all our strength, firing our weapons and utilizing our training to try to repel this grotesque intruder. The skirmish was intense and brutal, and we suffered casualties, but we managed to wound the creature. Then, as suddenly as it had appeared, the creature vanished into the dense undergrowth. We stood there, battered and bewildered, wondering what in the world we had just fought. It was unlike anything we had ever encountered in our careers. The creature was not a part of our mission's briefing, and it left us with more questions than answers. Determined to complete our mission, we pressed forward. With renewed resolve, we reached the enemy camp and engaged the paramilitary group in a fierce firefight. After a grueling battle, we secured the release of the captive scientists and eliminated the terrorists. As we flew back to civilization with the rescued scientists, a sense of accomplishment washed over me. We had achieved our mission's goal, but I couldn't shake the lingering sense of unease about the unknown predator we had encountered in the depths of the Amazon rainforest. I was part of a group of about a dozen army personnel training in the area. It was over the summer, on a warm, clear day, and this was around the Black Rapids Glacier in Alaska, on the Richardson Highway, south of Delta Junction. We were about treeline and had been camped there for several days. I was looking across the nearest valley when I spotted movement. It was at the base of a steep mountainside in a bear rocky terrain with snow fields descending down the small gullies on the hillside. It was moving up the valley about a half mile away. When it crossed the snow, you could plainly see that this was not a bear. It walked upright with long strides and swinging arms, moving fast across the white snow. It was dark in color, similar to a bear, but I have seen bears many times since in the same type of terrain, and they do not move like this. It was too big and too fast to be a human. Bears can walk upright, but usually only for short distances when they need to see or smell something and require the height. 
They don't travel in this manner and not in this difficult of terrain. I pointed it out to the other guys, and we watched it until it was no longer visible when it was out of the snow. It was hard to see against the rocks. We wanted to go look at the tracks, but everybody was scared to go down there. We had to sleep there that night, and nobody would go outside after dark. The next day, we left and never went back. Even 20 years later, I still would not go up there, even with a group and with guns. The only thing I have seen that looked like this is the descriptions of Bigfoot. I was telling a friend about this, and he said he found tracks in the sand in Alaska out by King Salmon. He said they were over two feet long but looked human. He has a lot of outdoor experience here and says they were in no way the tracks of a bear. This was also in a remote area where you don't see other people, only planes. Around 1973, my wife was living in Chicago and was about 11 years old, at the time. The area was inner city Chicago, not near the lake or the woods. It was summer and she was spending the night with her girl cousins, in the basement bedroom of their house. In the early morning hours, around 4 a.m., the dog was growling and woke them up. Those type of basements have windows high on the wall. In one window, my wife saw something looking in. It was difficult to make out exactly what it was, but there was enough light outside from a street light to see the outline and movement of something looking through the window. The three girls all screamed, which woke and brought the two older boy cousins down, to see what was going on. The girls told them what they had seen and the boys, who had been sleeping in their clothes, ran out to investigate. The rest of this is their own account, which they reported, a short time afterwards. They saw someone running away and they chased after him. It took them a minute or so to get a good look at who they were chasing, because of the sparse lighting in the area, but they said what they saw looked like a large werewolf. They thought it was someone trying to pull a prank, a man wearing a very realistic werewolf costume, dismissing the possibility that it was real. They lost sight of it and eventually returned. So, that is about it. Knowing what we know now, we both think it must have been a dog man. Something that I wouldn't believe unless I saw it just stepped up about 30 feet in front of me, stared at me, and kind of grunted before walking into the woods very quietly. I did have a rifle and a handgun on me because I was out hunting, but for some reason, I did not feel threatened. However, I did turn around and head back to my car, often glancing over my shoulder. On several occasions, I heard cracking branches and a few low to high tones coming from the direction that the really tall, at least six feet, shaggy, dark brown thing had gone. It made me want to walk a little faster. Some of those sounds were answered from the other side of the road, but other than that, no further sightings or hearing took place over the years. I should mention that this also occurred back in 1964, and I have not been able to put it out of my mind. It happened on a small dirt road about 35 miles south of Fairbanks. This dirt road was directly off the Richardson Highway heading south. You take a left off the highway, and this road led to an old area near a small pond, which was about two miles in. Howl, hit, 
or sonic bark? I haphazardly called out to one of these things, saying, Go Ju Ra, near Salt Creek in Elk Grove, Illinois. In response, I received a harrowing 15-second howl, which was a combination of a whistle and a scream, on July 23, 2016. That same day, a rock struck the roof of my 18-foot work truck. Shortly after that, my neighbor's dog was dismembered and placed in different garbage cans behind my house. A month later, I heard what sounded like a bark, but it appeared to come from at least a mile away. As a kid, I frequently explored the woods around Chicago. I recall seeing two very tall oak trees, roughly 50 to 70 feet in height, tied together at the top. This area was known for being frequented by Satanists. This is a report from a native who claims to have seen a hairy person, approximately 6 to 7 feet tall, covered in hair. This sighting occurred as he was walking casually across the dirt road by Sky Lack Lake. More specifically, it happened on Sky Lack Lake Road, which is a side road branching off from the main highway and leading into the woods. According to the witness, this creature looked at him and came to a stop in the middle of the road, appearing surprised. Then, it swiftly disappeared into the woods. The witness estimated that he was about 300 yards away from it at the time of the encounter. Notably, there was no snow on the ground yet. He mentioned that they observed each other for a brief moment, prompting him to load his single-shot shotgun as a precaution since he wasn't sure if the creature was friendly or not. However, he decided against reporting the incident to the authorities, believing that nobody would believe his story. The witness seemed very serious when recounting the experience. It's worth noting that the man is a devout Christian, and this event took place probably around late October or early November. The location is in the vicinity of Sterling, Alaska, and is characterized by dense spruce forests. I've been to the area myself, and it's secluded from the main highway, surrounded by forests, lakes, and mountains. This took place yesterday which is odd because it's my birthday. I was out scouting a piece of public land in Racine County, Wisconsin, and I had been zigzagging through a swamp looking for deer sign for this upcoming season. I was seeing some tracks and found a few beds but nothing to get super excited about, and I thought it was strange that I wasn't bumping any deer considering the wind was in my face and I was creeping pretty slow. So I kept pushing further into the swamp to where it turned into pretty dangerous bog. I then paralleled the danger zone until I hit where the swamp made a transition to timber and started following a deer trail that followed the transition. I followed it for about 100 yards looking for rubs telling me a big buck might be coming to and from the swamp. I suddenly felt like a cold creepy feeling and I just kinda shrugged it off and kept going another 20 yards when I felt it again so I just stopped and looked all around and that's when I saw something blackish gray, about 6 feet tall, move very fast from the timber or swamp transition into a patch of super thick brush. And right when I was starting to think what the heck is that, I heard I would guess what would be about 75 yards or so away farther and like a very very large dog-like growl or bark or roar that literally made me instantly terrified. 
I pulled my pocket knife out because it's all I had and slowly backed out until I got to the road where I ran like I have never ran before until I got to my truck. I wanted to go to the house across the street and ask them if they'd ever seen anything strange around but I didn't want to seem like a nut job so I just left. I've been hunting since I was 9 and I'm 27 now and I know for certain it was no raccoon, no coyote, or anything other animals that we have around, including the rare cougar, which the DNR says doesn't exist around here but I know good reliable people who have seen them. And I looked up every cougar call and sound I could find, and nothing comes even remotely close to it. I'm not scared of anything in the woods but I know we're not supposed to have blackish-gray six-foot-tall upright animals in Racine County, Wisconsin. I'm pretty well confused about the whole thing and for the first time in my life scared of the forest. I was 17 and working as a hostess at Red Lobster just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm not going to give an exact location. Anyway, we were pretty dead a couple of hours before closing time. It was a snowy weeknight. I'm the only one up at the host stand. In walks three individuals. An older woman, I'd say maybe late 30s. An older man, maybe the same age as the woman. And a young man. All are very tall. All with the same hair color, really light blonde. They had the same facial features, and each had very deep blue eyes. All were wearing pretty much the same thing. Unremarkable but clean black clothes. It sounds crazy trying to explain how weird this was. But they looked like clones with different genders and slightly different ages. They had not a blemish. Not a wrinkle or hair out of place. And they all had the exact same facial expression. Kind of smiling politely but I swear it felt like they were looking into my soul. For some reason, I totally froze in shock. I guess maybe I could sense something was weird. Anyway, after standing there in shock for, I don't know how long, I stuttered, hello. They didn't respond. Just kept the same facial expression. I grabbed menus and gestured for them to follow me. They did. I seated them and told them their server would be with them shortly. They kept the same expression and as I turned to walk away all turned their heads in the same way at the same time to watch me. I know it probably sounds like nothing but I swear it was so freaking weird. I came home and told my mom about it and she told me about a time when she was working her first job at 16 at McDonald's. It was the closing shift and the only customer there was a tall pale man with white blonde hair just like the people I saw, except his hair was long. She said he came up to the counter and smiled at her. Just smiled. He didn't say a word but clicked his extremely long fingernails on the counter. She kept asking him what she could get for him until she finally got creeped out enough to go in the back. Have you ever heard of anyone who had an experience like this or have any idea what the hell this was? I know in my bones they were not normal humans. I grew up in the Kettle Moraine State Forest in southern Wisconsin. I would constantly ride AT versus and dirt bikes on the south end of Whitewater Lake, a place called Natureland Park. This is a section of the Kettle Moraine that has 122 acres of trails and wilderness for people to enjoy. It borders the south end of Whitewater Lake. 
The trails are fairly well used during the summer but not ever packed with people. When I was younger some friends and I would run around Natureland Park doing what dumbass kids do. Just for the record I lived about 18 minutes from Bray Road, the supposed home of the Beast of Bray Road. Anyway, some friends and I were running around the trails of Natureland Park back in the day, probably about 8 of us or so. We heard something breaking branches off the trail, not too far from us. We all stopped to listen. There are no bears, no cats, nothing too scary around here. Maybe the occasional coyote, whitetail, raccoon, etc. But whatever this was had to be large. So we all got a bit concerned. This thing must have moved because we heard a large snap of a branch. We took off running like a bunch of lunatics. We could hear this thing running behind us. It was literally like something out of a movie. My friend trips and falls as we're trying to catch up with the rest of our friends who had left us in the dust. As I stopped to help the other kid we both looked back down the trail to see the silhouette of something enormous standing in the trail and staring at us. I couldn't make out any details. It was just a massive black mass of something that looked like it wanted to dismember us. I yelled, what the F is that? Just about the same time this thing dropped down on all fours and bolted off through the timber like a freight train. We got the F out of there as quick as we could. We could hear the thing busting through the woods getting farther and farther off from us. As we got to the parking lot everyone around us heard the commotion. We got on our bikes and rode like crazy all the way back home. It's not too much of an encounter but it was enough for me to never go back to Natureland Park at night ever again. This all happened about 35 years ago and I've only told a handful of people. I actually feel a bit better getting this out. Not too much happens around the small town. In 1995, on a quiet mid-morning in Sudok, Crimea, I, a local resident named Georgie, decided to take a stroll to the Black Sea embankment to enjoy the refreshing sea breeze. With a goblet of beer in hand, I made my way down to the sandy shore, gazing at the tranquil horizon. The day was calm and remarkably beautiful. All of a sudden, an unexpected and eerie incident unfolded. Something sneaked up from behind and placed a rubber mask on my head. Startled, I instinctively reached for the mask under my chin and pulled it off, thinking it was just a bizarre prank. But in the blink of an eye, I found myself in an immense hall, completely disoriented. There was no sign of the sea, the beach, or the sky. Instead, the walls were lined with colossal screens and an array of mysterious control panels adorned with buttons. In front of these panels, there were oddly shaped chairs. When I looked down, I realized I was holding a rubber mask that resembled a blue reptilian monster, with skin resembling that of a lizard, covered in warts. Suddenly, a door in the wall slid open, and three monsters entered the room. These creatures bore a striking resemblance to the face on the mask I had been holding. They were tall, standing at about 2 meters, with bluish skin and an abundance of warts covering their entire bodies. They were completely unclothed and had an awful appearance. One of them approached me, placing his hand on my shoulder. This alien had three enormous, curved, claw-like fingers on his hand, and he spoke in a low, hoarse voice, 
revealing his large yellow fangs as he said, Homo sapiens. Terrified and overwhelmed by panic, I began to scream, recoiled, dropped the mask to the floor, and fled from the room. I entered a corridor filled with numerous oval doors, strange screens, and unrecognizable instruments. Driven by fear, I burst into another room, where I encountered another blue reptilian humanoid. This being stretched his colossal arms outward and asked, where are you running to? He then touched something on the wall, revealing what I can only describe as an abyss, an endless expanse of space, with stars and breathtaking cosmic vistas. Trembling with fear, I watched as one of the blue reptilians approached me, took my hand, and comforted me with the words, do not be afraid. He guided me to the next room. In that room, I witnessed a sight that defied all reason, hundreds of reptilian humanoids standing in precise formation, shoulder to shoulder, all fixing their gaze upon me. Suddenly, they parted ranks, revealing a stunning, completely nude woman with light hair, peacefully asleep on a small sofa. I observed her for a few moments before the blue reptilians closed their ranks once more, obscuring her from view. The alien who had been my guide then led me to a screen displaying stars. With his clawed finger, he pointed at one particular star and declared, Earth. Afterward, he embraced me with his powerful, three-fingered hands and uttered a cryptic statement, Stay with us. We have no time in death. Terrified beyond words, I could only manage to express my desire to return home, emphasizing that my mother was anxiously awaiting my return. I pleaded with them to allow me to leave. The alien responded, Is there anything you wish to know? At that moment, I could think of only one question, How long will my mother live? The alien replied, As long as your current age. Following this exchange, the star on the screen rapidly approached, eventually resembling the Earth's globe, complete with its swirling clouds. Suddenly, I found myself standing near my house, but facing in the opposite direction from where I had originally left. Astonishingly, I had been gone for five hours. I noticed a peculiar detail, the coins in my pocket emitted a faint yellowish glow when I took them out, a phenomenon that disappeared by morning. Alright, first off, this isn't my story, I found a phone out in the woods near my house. They have been bulldozing and taking down trees to build new houses, and I like to walk around and see what they've done. I do not know the woman that posted this, or what her Reddit handle was, but I know that she wanted it up here because she believed we were the only people that would believe her. Her phone was pretty banged up and has absolutely no service. I figured this was the least I could do for her. From here on, these are the words of a Mrs. Helena White. October 9th, 2013. My name is Helena White, I am 36-year-old female from Kentucky, which is where I currently am. I need someone to see this, though by the time you do I will already be dead. I don't have internet access here, just my cell phone that's dying and has 100% no service. I have scheduled this to upload to Reddit, where people actually believe the weird things we all have to say to each other, if anyone ever finds it. Everyone there has an open mind and can at least know the truth. I have also scheduled one to go to the police station, but they will never find me, the best they can do is give my family the news. 
I feel terrible for my mother, that she will never know what happened, never have a body to bury, never have closure, no one I know will but at least they will know that I am gone. It's better this way, believe me, if they knew the truth they would never sleep again, and no doubt they would hunt for me. Again, though, they will never find me, I will be dead. Just not gone. I know you all on Reddit have heard some seriously crazy shit, I mean I read about the girl that found that weird creature or house thing in the woods right here in Kentucky a couple of months ago, and I've seen people talk about everything from zombies and ghouls to ghosts and vampires. If there is anywhere that will listen and know my story is true, it is here with you guys. I should explain. My husband Jeff and I headed out into the wilderness, I probably shouldn't say exactly where, because I really don't want this to happen to someone else, it's better to let it stay here with Jeff and me. But it is a very beautiful and remote patch of forest that extends for many miles. It is a very large place and does see visitors ever so often, but the seclusion of it is one thing Jeff and I both love. We had been planning this trip for months and were seriously excited that it was finally time to go. We had everything you can imagine for camping for a full two weeks out here in the beautiful wilderness. Rainproof tent, dishes, cookware, food, water. We were ready for roasting marshmallows and hot dogs over the open fire, hiking and admiring the beauty all around us. Yes, I am aware that this makes me seems like a hippie, and maybe I am a little bit, but I really love the outdoors, especially the woods. Anyway, Jeff and I had planned this right down to every last detail and were ready for the perfect, tranquil and rejuvenating camping trip. That isn't what we got, though. Two days in we got caught in a huge thunderstorm and had to hunker down inside our tent while the wind and rain beat so loudly against the sides and top of our little rainproof tent that we thought we might be blown away. Just as quickly as it came, it was over and the sun started shining again. If you've ever lived in or visited Kentucky for any amount of time, you know what I mean when I say that this was seriously just typical Kentucky weather. It's kind of our thing I guess, one minute blaring storm, next, sunshine and birds singing. After that nice little downpour, every bit of our gathered firewood was soaked and they weren't drying up anytime soon. Jeff went to find more wood and I decided to stay behind and clean out the fire pit, so it would actually burn the wood Jeff brought back. It was starting to get dark and if we didn't have a fire we would be cold and unprotected. I had gotten it suitably ready when Jeff came flying out of the ever-darkening woods. He did not have any firewood. I was a little upset by this since it was already nearly completely dark. Jeff what the? Is all I was able to get out before Jeff was at me throwing one arm around me and one over my mouth. I was terrified at this point, what was this? Why was he doing this to me, but I could hear him mumbling OF, OF. Please pardon my language, but he was mumbling that over and over in my ear. I knew what that meant too, it was bad and about to get worse. I heard my husband's voice in my ear again, Helly, his nickname for me, when I say run, I want you to run as fast as you can back to the car and get the hell out of here. Okay? I was terrified at this point, what the hell had he seen, and was it coming for him? I moved his hand off my mouth and stated, I'm not just going to run off and leave you Jeff, and you know that. I have seen my husband scared only once in the 15 years I've known him. 
It was right after his father had a heart attack and they didn't think he was going to make it. Jeff and his brother Dean paced the floor back and forth, once I went to stop Jeff, to try to comfort him, but when I caught his eye, my heart broke. I grabbed him and held on as tightly as I could until his silent sobbing finally. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms subsided. The look I saw when I caught his eye this time, was so much worse than the last one. He was terrified of losing his father, but this was like he had reached a new level of fear. Before I could ask him anything else we heard this god-awful roar, I mean this thing could have shaken houses. It was the most terrifying and unexplainable sound I have ever heard. Jeff grabbed me, kissed my forehead and told me to run. I didn't obey. I probably should have, considering how things turned out, but it's done. Not two seconds later this monstrosity of a creature comes barreling into our camp and within view. I am a little embarrassed to say that I screamed like a little girl. I think most people would have. This thing is so hard to describe, but I'm going to try my best. This thing was at least nine feet tall, maybe taller, either way, he was big, what really threw me off though wasn't how high he stood over me, it was how skinny he was. I can't describe to you how skinny he was, it was like he had never eaten in his life, like skin simply draped over bones. His bones rippled through his gangly leathered skin, it looked like giant worms wriggling as he moved. His arms were almost as long as he was tall, they could stretch much farther than a typical man could, and he sort of looked like he just rose from the hell of the earth. He had a large head that looked like that of a deer, only a psychotic evil deer from Satan. His nose elongated and dripped with white, foamy drool. Just like a deer, he had long knotty horns that branched from the tip of his skull. That leathery-looking skin was great and patchy with what appeared to have been hair at one time, 
with his hands and feet sprouting out what looked like weeds, like a big pile of hay had been stuffed up his sleeves, if he had had any I might have been more relieved. The creature stood, watching for a moment, taking us in as we did him. I was terrified, I had never seen anything like that before. The scariest thing I have ever encountered in the woods was a wolf, but luckily it was alone and didn't appear to be hungry, so he just turned and jaunted off. This. Thing. Was quite the opposite, he looked hungry and determined. I started to scream uncontrollably. Apparently it didn't like that, he let out a roar at us, blowing that foul-smelling drool all over us, that sounded like everything you can think of dying and screaming in their death all at once. He then extended one of his giant arms and smacked me with it and grabbing Jeff before I could even get back up. I heard a rumbling sound as he pulled my husband closer to him. I realized with horror that rumbling was of hunger. Jeff was gone in an instant, the creature snapped his head off like a doll, and swallowed in one quick gulp. He began just biting into Jeff's body like he was some kind of sandwich or something. The crunching was the worst, trust me, it is a horrid sound no one ever needs to hear. I threw up, screamed, and then remembered that Jeff had told me to run. I was too late though, because just as I was pulling myself, painfully I might add, out of the brush pile I had landed in, the monster was done with Jeff. Just like that the man I knew for 15 years, the man I called my husband for 14 years, was just gone, but, then he came back. The monster taunted me by becoming reflective, as he moved, a facade of Jeff took his place. I could see my husband, like he had become him, but I could see through it too to the monster behind the disguise as well. Perhaps it was because I saw the monster before he changed, I don't know, whatever the case may be, that thing can take the form of people it has killed and eaten, or at least, that's my best guess. I finally freed myself from the brush and took off, full speed ahead toward the direction of the car, my husband's melodic voice filling my mind, my ears, my very core, beckoning me back. He was so convincing that I almost turned back. I fell into a huge hole, I think it was a trap, I just don't know if it was a trap from people for that monster, or a trap built by the monster to catch people. Either way, I fell at least 20 feet and my leg is broken in three places. I can't even move it. I'm going nowhere. I'm sitting here writing this now because I can still hear my husband's voice calling for me, and sometimes the monster's roar. He is looking for me, but he thankfully went the wrong way. I know what's going to happen though. He'll be back shortly and he will kill me and then he will steal my face. So, please, if you ever find this, anyone, get out of these woods now. And don't come looking for me, I am dead, we both are and some horrible monster is wearing our faces so he can eat you too. Mom, I love you so much, don't come looking for me. Goodbye. Helena White. Me again. I can tell you this, I'm not going back out into those woods. Quick update, apparently you should not google the name of the woman above, Helena White, as she appears to be a porn star, when I google my name I get sent to a boob page. It kinda sucks. Anyway, for those of you wondering, let me try to explain it a little better. I live about a mile from where they have been logging. They are building a new road, one that is supposed to make it easier on us all to get around, basically, they are bypassing our town. But. 
The important part is that before they started the logging I spent a lot of time back into those woods. I liked the solitude and atmosphere, at least, I did. I don't know how I got lucky enough to find that phone, but it was in a huge pile of dirt, barely sticking out of the side. They are ripping the place apart back there. I suppose it does have to be level for a roof though, right? I brought the phone home, of course it was dead, I was able to charge it with an older universal charger my dad has. It was a fairly nice phone, and I thought I might be able to clean it up and give it to my little brother if I could get it working. I did, I went through it and I came across this message in a notepad app. I have absolutely no idea who this woman is, nor did I know that there is a porn star with the same name, lol, sorry about that. As for the monster she keeps talking about, I don't a have a single clue, I have never seen or heard about anything like that around here. Our campfire stories and old legends are pretty much the goat man and Bigfoot, so your guess is as goose as mine. I thought of a windigo and a skinwalker, but there have never been any stories of anything like that around here that I know of. I wanted to take the time to describe a terrifying experience that I recently had during my travels for work. To this day, logic still defies the events that transpired, and they have haunted me ever since. I am still afraid to stop my car at highway rest areas to this very day. I recently landed a position in sales with a very solid company in the medical device industry. Being in my mid-twenties, I am thrilled to work for such an innovative company. The money is great, the job is fun, and hell, they even gave me a company vehicle. That's a great perk. The only downside to the job is that my sales territory is quite expansive and covers several states, and because of budget constraints, they expect me to drive to most of my customers. I could not complain, however. Not many people my age get these kinds of opportunities. I finished up my workday at a hospital in central Pennsylvania when I received a phone call from a clinic in western New York that wanted to place a buy for my products, but before they could do so, they wanted a product demo. Not wanting to lose the opportunity, I agreed to be there by 9am. My GPS showed the trip to be 5 hours if I took a highway that cut through the Allegheny Forest. Being that it was now 5pm. I figured that I could make the drive now since I had a bag packed with extra scrubs, toiletries, and product manuals from my current trip. I headed to a gas station, filled my SUV, purchased some snacks and two energy drinks and hopped on the single lane highway north towards New York State. It was the middle of November and quite cold, with the sun setting early and giving way to darkness in the late afternoon. By the time I had started my drive, it was already dark. Thick clouds were obscuring the moonlight. A wall of trees surrounded my vehicle on both sides, making it seem that I was driving my SUV through a tunnel of wood and darkness. The headlights from my vehicle illuminating the staggered white lines separating the lanes of the highway were the only source of light. The drive definitely took on an ominous feel. I thought nothing of it as I slugged back my energy drinks and listened to some comedy podcast to pass the time. When I was about two hours into my drive, the inevitable happened when one has had large amounts of caffeine and a belly full of gas station snacks. I had to find a restroom eventually, 
which I was okay with since I wanted to get out of the car and stretch my legs anyway. I had passed a small town about 15 minutes back and I knew that I would need to find another one and pull off the highway or see if there was a rest stop anywhere ahead. Almost as if fate had heard me beckoning, I saw a sign that said rest area 2 miles. This is my lucky night, I thought as I realized that I would not have to resort to relieving myself in the middle of the woods on a dark and creepy night. I came upon the rest area, which was located right off of the side of the highway. It was nothing like the rest areas one is used to encountering on major highways. There were no restaurants or vending machines. There was a single, lonely picnic table and a garbage can on a patch of grass and two separate brick buildings with brown metal roofs on them. A single overhead street lamp barely illuminated my oasis as it was flickering on and off, probably from neglect considering how remote this place was and how little use it was getting. The building to the left housed the ladies' restrooms, while the one to my right housed the men's restrooms. I placed my car in park in one of the ten available spots in front of the buildings and grabbed my phone to keep me entertained while I took care of business. As I walked on the narrow concrete walkway towards the restrooms, I caught a glimpse of something in the woods behind the rest area. It was still quite dark outside and the overhead light provided too little illumination to discern what I was looking at. All I could see at that distance was an obscure black shape shifting through the thick trees. It could have simply been my eyes playing tricks on me since I had spent the better part of the day either in a brightly lit operating room or driving down a pitch black highway. I shrugged my shoulders and made my way into the men's room. There were three stalls at the far end of the restroom flanking three urinals. Two flimsy overhead lights with exposed bulbs were the only sources of light. One of the panels had a bulb completely out and the other was flickering sporadically, making the entire room looks like it was lit by strobe lights in a nightclub. Just perfect, I thought. I'm stuck in the creepiest bathroom in the world and I can barely see anything. I decided not to make a big deal about it. I'd be back on the road shortly. I took the stall in the middle. I had no reason why, I'd simply just randomly selected it. I sat down and nearly jumped from how cold the seat was. This was becoming quite an annoyance. At that moment, I had no idea, but things were about to get a whole hell of a lot worse. As I was in the midst of doing my business, the lights went out. Of all the times that this pathetic, Single tubular bulb could have called it quits, it had to do so when I was using a restroom in one of the most isolated spots in the state. You've got to be kidding me, I groaned out loud. At this point, the light from my phone was the only source of light cutting through the shroud of darkness that crept over the entire room. It was only at this point that I realized how quiet it had been this entire time. Aside from sound of the slight breeze outside hitting the building, it was dead silent. I sat there in silence, playing games on my phone when I first heard it. At first, it sounded like a faint shuffling sound, the obscure noise of someone, or something, making its way towards the entrance of the restroom. I found this rather odd because I would have heard another vehicle pull up since the parking lot was right across from the two buildings. The shuffling then became more discernible, it was footsteps. Slow, Trudging footsteps were making their way into the restroom. By how loud they were, whoever or whatever this was had entered the room. As the footsteps continued, 
I noticed that they were making a slapping sound against the tile floor. It was as if this person, or thing, was barefoot. The footsteps became heavier and louder and I noticed that they were moving towards the stalls. I locked my phone screen and sat there frozen with fear. My heart was pounding out of my chest and sweat started to creep across my brow despite the chill in the air. By this point, along with the heavy, slapping footsteps, I heard the breathing. This thing's breathing was too otherworldly to be human. It took long, heavy, animal-like breaths and exhaled in a way that resembled an asthmatic with a faint whistle at the end. I had never heard such a thing. By this point, my bowels were completely voided from fear and I was grateful that I had been sitting on a toilet for I would have SHT my pants had I not been. This foreboding presence continued to trudge towards me until I heard its heavy breaths right outside the door to the stall. In the pitch black restroom, all I could hear was this thing breathing a mere few feet away from me, now certain that it was aware of my presence. My heart continued to pound as I heard it shuffle around outside of the stall. I had never felt so helpless in my life. I was trapped here at the mercy of this creature. After what I imagined was several minutes, the breathing quieted down some. I had pulled my feet up and I was squatted on the toilet in fear of this thing seeing me. I knew that it was still there, but for whatever reason, call it curiosity or perhaps a fear-induced lack of judgment, I took out my phone and flicked up the flashlight app and pointed it at the floor underneath the stall door entrance. I nearly dropped my phone in horror at what I saw. Two massive feet were pointed straight at me. They were unbelievable large, too large to be human. The tops of them were covered with a matted brown and gray hair while the toes were a pale purplish colored flesh with toenails that were long, ragged, and yellow. I barely had time to notice the grotesque feet of this creature when it took notice of the light and let out a monstrous growl that shattered the silence of the pitch black room. It sounded like a growl that came straight from hell. It was a primal, guttural, inhuman voice. The noise was deafening. My terror had completely overtaken me as I fell onto the floor and prepared to meet my doom at the hands of this beast. I closed my eyes as I heard it begin to pound on the door, cracking noises indicating that it was getting closer on every strike to breaking the stall open and getting its probably equally grotesque hands on me. Just when I thought that I was a dead man, the monster had quieted down and ceased its assault on the stall door. I opened my eyes. I was still alive, for now. It was then that I heard another familiar sound from the other side of the room, those heavy, slapping footsteps. Jesus Christ, there are two of them, I thought as terror pierced every muscle in my body as I lay limp on the floor. I heard the second set of footsteps grow closer. Slap. 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 As I prepared to meet my fate where I'd no doubt be torn in half by two forest beasts, that's when the face-off happened. Both creatures began to growl at each other back and forth as if locked in some sort of display of alpha male aggression. After several exchanges, they made their move. I heard the sound of flesh hitting flesh and bodies slamming up against the walls. I flicked my flashlight app back on and pointed it towards the noise as I looked from under the stall. The two creatures were locked in a life and death melee. They were growling inhumanly as they pushed each other back and forth, blood spilling onto the floor from what I imagined was them clawing and biting at each other in this life and death struggle.
As their battle continued, one began to back away out of the entrance to the men's room and the other followed in a frantic sprint. I still heard their inhuman growls as their battle continued outside until their voices trailed off into a barely audible drone in the woods. As terrified as I was, I got to my feet and exited the stall. I pointed the light from my phone against the floor. There was dark red blood and tufts of grayish-brown fur all over the floor. It looked like someone field-dressed an animal carcass in here. The stench was unbearable. It smelled like the inside of an animal cage at the zoo. What the hell were these things? I was not going to stick around and find out. I sprinted back to my car, entered, slammed the door shut, and peeled out of the parking lot like I was in a street race against death. My truck tires screeched as I careened out of the entrance and back onto the highway. I was covered in sweat and hyperventilating, having narrowly escaped a horrible death at the hands of some primal beasts from a forgotten era. I sped the rest of the way to my destination in New York. I arrived and checked into a hotel. I sat at the bar and downed several scotches before even dropping my bags in the room. My rattled nerves settled down eventually and I made my way to my room. I lay on the bed sleepless, but sure of two things. I was not taking that route back home and I was never stopping at a rest stop ever again. I remember walking out of my mother's room two years ago. I saw at the end of the hallway out of the corner of my eye, a black figure walking straight into my room. Terrified me. I could go on and on about these stories and similar ones so comment specifically if you want me to respond with more. A couple days later, my then boyfriend came over. Very Christian, didn't believe in ghosts told me all the time. Would make jokes and try to scare me cause it humored him. I walked him out to his car as he was leaving that night. He seemed freaked out and went home kind of quickly. He facetimed me once he got home and said I didn't want to freak you out but I saw a black figure in your window staring at us while we were outside. My mom sensed a horrible energy when I got home too. I never told him about the black figure I saw cause I assumed he would make fun of me or try to scare and get a ride out of me. In May, my best friend's wife offered to fly me out as a surprise for our birthdays, which are two days apart. They just had a baby and she thought it would be a fun relief. They live on the second floor of a huge brownstone in one of the oldest parts of the city, right near the Allegheny Cemetery. I've worked in many haunted kitchens and have seen things, but never actually had contact. I'm also very sensitive to the veil, and very intuitive, so I think I tend to attract wandering energies. I also have night terrors, which have gotten a lot less frequent since I went to a psychic, and usually my partner is there to wake me up if I'm trying to scream. So, the first night I was there, I was sleeping on a pad in the living room with the door open. My friends in their bedroom with the baby and the door closed. I was lying on my back and started having a nightmare, but it was different. It felt like there was something at the end of my feet waving its hands in my face, like the gesture thing from a jack-in-the-box playing the I'm not touching you game, like a child. Like usual, I struggled to wake myself up and tried to say something like please leave me alone. But I just ended up yelling incoherently and bolting up. 
I was embarrassed that I screamed out loud in the middle of the night in a house with a newborn and thought I'd have to apologize in the morning. And also, of course, ask about ghosts. I drifted back to sleep but again felt another presence and woke up to see a figure standing above me in a plaid black and white shirt. Thinking it was my friend who I must have woken up, I pulled myself up on my elbows. I called out his name which, coincidentally, is actually Casper. Sorry if I woke you up. The figure's energy seemed kind of. Mischievous? I thought I felt a smile, if that makes sense. The figure bent down, picked up a small plush toy, and threw it at my face. It hit me. Without a doubt. Hit me in the face. I yelled what the actual F. And grabbed my phone, still thinking it might have been Casper trying to wake me up so I'd stop screaming. Turned on a light. No Casper, and nothing near my head that resembled a small plush toy. I said a few prayers and went back to sleep. The next morning, I asked his wife Bailey if I woke them up and if the house was haunted. She didn't even look up. Who did you see? I described the events, and the figure in a white and black plaid shirt. She said, oh, that's Ariel. She lived here before us and died here in the dining room. She really liked wine. That's why we sleep with the door closed, just close it tonight and she'll probably leave you alone, she said that there was another one, a girl in a white nightgown that they only very occasionally see near a locked door that leads to an old attic. She also said that their downstairs neighbor had a distinctly bad spirit that lurked near the door outside. When Casper got home later, Bailey just said, guess who Op met last night? And he just laughed and said, oh, you met Ariel? She's a little scamp. He told a story about being alone and watching a glass of Cabernet, Ariel's favorite, slide across the counter from across the kitchen. He said it was like a movie, and couldn't really believe it until he had to run over and grab the glass before it was knocked off the counter. I closed the door for the rest of the week and didn't have any other encounters. Like I said, I have many stories about other experiences, but this was the first time I had actual physical contact. During the summer of 2008 I stayed with an aunt and uncle for a few months because I wasn't getting along with my parents, another story for another day. While staying there, I worked overnights at a local convenience store. During the day I was, mostly, alone while my aunt and uncle worked. At this point in my life, I had not experienced anything paranormal and did not believe in ghosts or spirits or the afterlife. I was 19 and knew everything. However, as soon as I moved in, I was faced with experiences that changed my perspective forever. The first one, I was alone. It was about 9 am and I had just finished my shift and I was preparing to wind down and get ready for bed. I was alone as usual. Both my aunt and uncle were working so I had the house to myself. I was sitting in the downstairs living room eating. Out of seemingly nowhere, I heard what sounded like an adult running through the kitchen, which paralleled the living room and was completely out of view to me, a bang, and the footsteps went into the den that connected to the kitchen. I bolted up and went to the kitchen to investigate the sound. There was a coffee pot on the floor. That must have been the bang I heard when it hit the floor. I headed towards the den to see who was in there. However, it was empty. 
There was no way for anyone to have been in the den and me not see them. I shrugged it off and figured I was tired and went to bed. A few weeks later my alarm woke me up at 9pm for work. I groggily got up and headed towards the bathroom that was directly across my room. However, the door was shut, I could see the light shining from under the door and I heard the distinct sound of someone sweeping the floor. Swish, swish, swish. It sounded like an old-fashioned straw broom. I found this very odd considering no one besides myself used that bathroom and I couldn't think of why anyone would be sweeping it at 9pm at night. But I patiently waited some time for whoever was in there to finish up. After a few minutes I couldn't wait any longer because I had to start getting ready for work. I approached the bathroom door, I could still hear the sweeping, and I gently knocked and asked if they were almost done. But to my surprise, the sound abruptly stopped. I opened up the door and no one was there. I brushed this experience off as well and pushed it to the back of my mind. This last experience is the reason I ended up moving out. It was too terrifying to ignore what I knew what was happening in that house. My sister stopped by during the day to see me and her and I were in the back room, hanging out and chatting. The door to the hallway was closed. My aunt and uncle were working so her and I were the only two people who were home. As we gabbed away, we suddenly heard what sounded like 1920s music coming from downstairs. We froze and fell silent. The music grew louder and louder until it sounded like it was coming from every corner in the house. The music sounded like it was being played from a record player. My sister and I just stared at one another, too terrified to speak. Then we heard what sounded like a party erupting from downstairs. It sounded like 30 or more people were downstairs. Sounds of laughing, talking and chinaware clinking filled the house. Then what we heard next terrified me. Loud, heavy footsteps started making their way upstairs where my sister and I were. Boom, boom, boom. It was slow but purposeful. The party sounds and music had reached a deafening level but I could still hear those heavy footsteps above all the other sounds. Eventually I heard the footsteps make it to the second floor. Then they slowly started stomping towards the closed door my sister and I sat behind. When the footsteps reached our door, I leapt up and yanked the door open. When I did, all the noise in the house stopped. The party, the music, the stomping. There was no one behind the door. The hallway was empty and the house was dead silent again. My sister and I wasted no time racing out of the house and staying outside until our aunt and uncle came home. They didn't believe our story and I moved out shortly afterwards and never stepped foot in that house again.